DJ and PK brought to you in part by Davis Vision. Davis Vision's New Year's special continues through February. Save $1,000 off normal pricing now through the end of the month. Check them out now at davisvisionmd.com. We're joined now by Shane Young, NBA columnist and analyst for Forbes Sports, working in L.A. this week. Shane, good morning. Good morning. How you guys doing? Good. So I'm curious, are you in L.A. because uh, it's L.A. and it's February, or were you drawn more specifically by the Clippers and the Jazz twice and the, the Lakers and the Nets, or you were escaping Texas and freezing weather and New Jersey and freezing weather and American yeah. freezing weather? I- <laughs> good point. I got to say, uh, as good as the Jazz are, as dominant as the Jazz are, the the pull was more towards um, escaping where I'm from, Louisville, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. It was 10 degrees, ice and snowstorms, and I'm not cut out for it, man. <laughs> yeah, we can understand that. That's for sure. I grew up in uh, Phoenix and uh, worked in the Los Angeles market here. So I got you on that. I understand that completely. And I think that's part of the reason maybe why the Lakers have been so good for so many years. We're approaching the, uh, not quite there, but uh, getting closer to the halfway point of the season. Uh, Evaluate the Western Conference for us. The West is is in a weird spot where I thought it was going to be really loaded and really deep from probably one to seven in terms of not, you know, not all seven teams or eight teams being title contenders, but at least, you know, on the same plane as that 2014 season where it was just loaded with, you know, 50 win teams or 2008 where I think you had to, you had to win 49 games to get into the playoffs. But really you only see three legitimate title contenders or you know, finals contenders in the West this year, when really we 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 would normally see a lot of teams that uh, had a punter's chance. And the East is a different story. The East, there's two teams that have really stuck out: Brooklyn and Philly, and then everyone else has dropped off from there. The Bucks are just very stale this year. And so the East, or the, for the West, what I'm seeing is two teams that are that are you know the the Lakers and Clippers. They're they felt like they were on a collision course for the last couple of years to meet in the West Finals and kind of like you know battle it out to see who's the best in L.A. It didn't get to happen last year. Um, the, the bubble, the, all the circumstances behind it, kind of ruined the Clippers' chances last year. And now you're you're in a, it's a scenario where the the Lakers and Clippers are looking at, at each other, saying, "Look, we might not even have it this year because the Jazz." Are twenty four and five on pace for sixty eight wins over a eighty two game schedule, which is just absurd. If you think about those Warriors teams with Kevin Durant, they the most they won with KD was sixty seven games. So, like for the Jazz at this point of the season to be that good or better is just it's it's honestly unbelievable. I even I think even the most optimistic Jazz person. The, the most optimistic Jazz homer wouldn't even say that they expected this type of offensive production. Like normally, you see, you know, you, the, the Quinn Snyder teams—they share the ball, they are moving constantly, but they're, but but the shooting and the efficiency just isn't quite at the level that, that they want. This year, it's been the opposite. One of the, if not the best shooting teams, because of how many guys they have, they can just shoot. 40 plus percent and, and, and light it up from the corners. 
and then you have team, and then you have players that can get downhill like Donovan Mitchell uh, and really finish at the rim. So I think I think it more so it's the Lakers and Clippers looking, you know, looking around and saying, hey, we might have to play in the second round instead of get to the conference finals because the Jazz, honestly, in my opinion, I think the Jazz are going to run away with the one seed when it's all said and done because of how easy their second half schedule will be. Do you think that the Lakers, once they see they can't get one and think there isn't that much of a difference between two and three with Anthony Davis hurt long-term here, that they're really going to throttle back and maybe even throttle back on LeBron, who's playing every game and playing big minutes and mm-hmm. carrying a big ch- chunk of the load? Do you, do you think the, the Lakers kind of downshift here? and Or do you think they make a move and try to uh, add some talent and go for it? It's a great point you make because – in theory, like if you're a coach, like if I know if I was a coach, I would definitely use the post All Star break, you know, the last what thirty something games to pick out a few for LeBron to rest and for LeBron just to not play, um, to, to gear up for a playoff run. Now that that might mean that you're going to end up the four seed or the five seed. You know, the Suns currently at fifth are seventeen and ten only two losses behind the Lakers. So it's not it's not like inconceivable that LA could drop down there without Anthony Davis. Cause you know Frank Vogel said that AD's gonna be out at least another four weeks. Now people took that four weeks and ran with it, thinking he's gonna come back, you know, March eighteenth. He said that that's just an estimation, so it could be even longer. So I think I think the Lakers are gonna drop back. Um they play a lot of good teams coming up, I think. And then it, it's also a scenario where Frank Vogel's in a weird spot, and I and I don't envy this spot that he's in um, because you know LeBron has historically said, at least over the last three or four regular seasons, he is not taking games off, and it, it, it would be a different story, man, if if he wasn't like chasing, hunting this MVP that he that he for some reason wants to prove that he can get. Um, you know, in, in my opinion, you would think that just the the Finals MVP and blowing through teams in the in the playoffs like he did in the bubble would be enough. But he seems to want that validation to to get the regular season MVP that he thinks he was robbed of from Giannis, uh, which he wasn't, by the way. So I I think I think it's I think LeBron is going to have more of a say on that than Frank Vogel. Oddly enough, even though you know Vogel should be able to say, look. LeBron, you're going to rest at least ten games, so we can get, so we can get you fully geared up and fully healthy, and then Anthony Davis will be back. You'll both be 100 percent for the first and second and third rounds. It, so honestly, I think the Lakers are going to fall to four or five, um, but that's not going to that's not going to be an indication of how good they are. So I agree with you as far as even the biggest jazz homer and we're in the land of jazz homers didn't have them uh, to this level. I don't think anybody did. My realistic thing as we went into the season was that if things broke their way and, and played as well as they could, they'd have a shot at the two seed. I thought that was a possibility, mm-hmm. but I wasn't saying that it was a lock and that they should be able to get that fairly easily. I thought things had to go well. And now one seed obviously is in play. So with that in mind, my expectation of a potential two seed, now talking one seed, what do you think as you've seen is the difference there or the surprise there that allows us somebody like Mike case to say, well, two seed is the ceiling, 
but now no, it's actually one seed. Yeah, I thought, you know, the ceiling, that, that's kind of where I was too. Like they could potentially beat out one of the LA teams if, if they struggled. Now, I'm you know, I'm not sure like if you guys have been following me for a while, but I, I, I still believe the Clippers at full strength with their healthy lineup are the best team in the West. And, you know, if you have the lineup of Pat Bev, uh, Kawhi, PG, Batum, or Marcus Morris, whichever you prefer, and Serge Ibaka, I think that just offers the the best switchability, the best spacing and shooting in the league. Uh, but we just haven't seen enough. I think that lineup has only played maybe 13 or 14 games together. They lost two games. So, it's you know, the, the Clippers have an availability issue. I don't think they have an on-court issue right now like they did last year. So I think if the Jazz just continue to do this, and look, I mean, nobody likes this comparison because it's, it's the freaking Warriors, but um, they, they do have the best point differential in non-garbage time minutes. You know, it, it's like right there with the 2017 Warriors. Um, it, so if you just take out all the garbage time where Quinn Snyder pulls his starters, pulls his main guys, and playing his bench, um, and only count like you know the 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 competitive minutes, Utah's on that plane. So um, I, I think I think the Jazz. You know, people are going to say, even the people that pick them to be first or second, like you said, uh, I, I think what I would tell them is we we still have to see it in the playoffs to believe it. And that's that's how it's going to be for all these teams. Like a team that's never won the title or, or that's never been to the finals uh, in the last 20-plus years, it's not, you know, you're not going to get the validation unless you do it in the first and second round first and get to the conference finals. And then people start to like take you seriously. I've never been of the mindset it should take that long. I think regular season play is pretty indicative of how good you are. Um, but yeah, I think there's people that's still going to be nervous about how can Donovan Mitchell score against switching defenses in the playoffs. Like how can he score whenever the Clippers and Lakers are switching bigger and, and more, you know, like physical bodies onto him. There's always going to be questions like that. And then of course, like Jordan Clarkson having just a phenomenal season, I, I I can't believe it. I'm sitting there in person on uh, Wednesday night and seeing him pull up with virtually no space after ball screens, and that's something that his confidence really – his confidence has always been high, but he he didn't have that type of confidence with the Lakers or Cavs, so it's, it's jarring to see him turn into one of the best pull-up shooters in the NBA now. <laughs> um, but how could he do against – switching defenses off the bench like in the playoffs in the second round when it's a game five series tied 2-2 there's always going to be questions like that man and until they do it they're not going to get the validation from the national guys and that's unfortunate because you know a, a team this a team this dominant on both sides of the ball should be getting looked at a little bit more Joined right now by Shane Young, NBA columnist and analyst for Forbes Sports, working in L.A. this week because Kentucky's really cold and L.A.'s got big NBA games and it's really warm, so it works out. Uh, you know, the flip side of that, this kind of like part two to what you just said, is yes, the Jazz have to prove it in the playoffs, but it's also hard to assess this because two of the teams that look like really strong contenders, the Nets and the Clippers mm-hmm. aren't putting their guys out there. We're not seeing them at full strength. So while the regular season can be a pretty good indicator of how you are, we also know that the the number one seed in the playoffs 
hasn't won the thing the last three years. You can be two, three, or four in the regular season and get it. And if the Nets and Clippers aren't going to play their guys, how are we supposed to figure this out? Yeah, precisely. And you would think that it's a it's you know when you say it like that, you would think all oh, Nash and and, uh, and Ty Lue are just you know not playing their full cards. They're kind of just keeping things in their back pocket. But no, like it's just been it's been one of those weird seasons where Kevin Durant's issue is hamstring related and they're not even comfortable putting him out there because they know how a hamstring injury can linger and the health and safety protocols have kept them out for what three or four or five games so uh it's you know the nets have just gotten unlucky uh the clippers it's it's really kind of the same thing man where paul george has a toe injury that you would think oh okay a toe injury is not that bad he could play through it eventually but hey it's it, I've seen those injuries keep people out for three or four weeks because it just doesn't heal up as fast as other other parts of the body, it seems. And Kawhi, Kawhi's issue has just been like he he got busted in the mouth by Serge Ibaka on a freak accident play, cost him a couple games. Uh, health and safety protocols cost him two more games. And then he has a, a I think it, they're calling it a bone contusion on him, in his lower leg. Uh, that he suffered against Cleveland last week, so that they're kind of being cautious with him. And you know, actually, funny enough, I think Ty Lue might be. I, I know Paul George and, and Kawhi are kind of like not helping us to play right now. They they could play tonight. They're questionable. We don't know yet. Um, but he's the coach that I could see kind of like just throwing away these games against Utah. You know, maybe throw away the games against the Lakers down the stretch of the season uh, because they play the L.A. Lakers two more times uh, because he. You know, first-year head coach with this team, uh, I think maybe it's like, a, oh, let, let me just not show everything that I have. Let me let me keep this unit rested for the playoffs so so the Jazz and Lakers don't have much film to go off against us to know how we're going to play against them. So uh, I could see it being that kind of scenario with, with the Clippers for sure. So for the sake of argument, let's slot the Jazz in at the number one seed and also for the sake of argument – that they get past whoever is in that concocted eight spot. So my point that I want to go with you is the second round, and right now we don't know, but there's two or three teams, maybe you want to go four teams, that could potentially play the Jazz in the second round. Can you evaluate who you would consider the most dangerous? In the second round? Yeah, the potential Jazz matchup in the second round, knowing that there's mm-hmm. maybe two or three teams that could be a possibility. Who do you I like? I think the there? answer, yeah, the the answer is undoubtedly the best, the best shooter, the best scorer from a from a point guard position that I've ever seen. That's Steph Curry. I I would be frightened. Now I, I completely understand that Denver is a better is a better team overall and you know the jazz definitely have uh, a little bit of nightmare from from the denver nuggets you know considering what the Jokic dropped 35 and a half against them this year <laughs> and then also uh you know beat them in the bubble in that in that really tough seven game grind but i i would i think i would easily pick the jazz over the nuggets in a series this year maybe in you know five or six games i i I think whenever they're rolling, I think Utah's defense is just so unbearable to to a team like Denver. So I think it would be. I think Utah would would kind of 
fare pretty well against Denver this time around versus in August, September. Uh, but I, I think the Warriors would be a team that, you know, even though the shooting and scoring around stuff, and, you know, the Jazz blew them out when they were, when they were in Salt Lake City, what was that, a few weeks ago? So I completely understand why people might roll their eyes about that, but I, I just don't think you want to get into a battle where Steph could go for 40, he could average 45 for the first three games in the series, and it could be 2-1 Warriors, and, you know, people would, would be freaking out. So I think that might be the team that, that you – you're not going to try to avoid them. The Jazz are going to continue to win games as they should and be the one seed. But, but you know, if Golden State's lingering there and they're they're in the play-in tournament and they end up the eight, then yeah, that that could be a little alarming because you know I don't care how dominant Rudy Gobert is defensively or how dominant Mike Conley has been when he's been healthy guarding point guards. Uh, Steph, there's no solution for him pulling up 35 feet uh, behind the screen. There's just no solution for it. So of the Blazers, Suns, and Spurs, who are currently four, five, six, is there, I don't know if I want to call them a fraud, is there a weak link? Is there someone that is a Jazz fan, you're like, yeah, that's the, that's the breather in the second round? Well, like the Spurs have been, have been strange, right, where I don't think that, I don't think a lot of people really just look at them as this genuine six seed at 16-11, like they just... They have a negative point differential. The Spurs at five games over 500 have been outscored on the season. So um, I'm not, I don't know if I'd call them a fraud because no one's considering them to even win a, a couple games in the playoffs. They're not even expecting that. So uh, they're kind of just there, right? They're, they're there because of Pop and the young guys that are thriving. So the Spurs are there, but they're not serious. No, no one would take them seriously in the playoffs to, to me. Uh, the Blazers, the Blazers are fun – because, like, on paper, when they're healthy, they should be where they are now. They should be, uh, you know, winning 65% of their games. They should they should have an MVP candidate in Damian Lillard, which they do, and it, it things should be fine. But they haven't been healthy, and they're still here. So I think they're more on the legitimate side. Um, but, but, again, like, uh, the benefit of Utah not, ha- not being in that bracket or not being there um, – you know, well, they would have to play Portland in the first round, so you know that that is kind of that is kind of crazy if if they do get Dame Lillard, uh, or not not in the first round, in the second round. Sorry, so they might have to avoid Dame Lillard and stuff like that, and it might be easy for them to do that at getting the one seed. So that's another benefit of winning, just kind of kind of uh, you know dictating your own path through it. Um, but you know, Portland would be kind of kind of serious to me. I I don't think I would be concerned if I was a if I was a Lakers, Clippers, Jazz, I, I wouldn't be concerned about Portland. But it's a team that you, you might have to just pencil in for like a, a good long six-game series just because of how they shoot the ball. Uh, but, you know, I've always been fascinated by Phoenix, too. I'm not sure how you guys feel about the new-look Suns, but I kind of thought they were going to be like this league-leading or, or close to league-leading offense and maybe struggle defensively just because, you know, a lot of their guys are still kind of young. And then you bring in Chris Paul, who he's he's really good defensively, but he's you know not a spring chicken. I thought they I thought they might struggle on that end, but it's been kind of the opposite. They've been like you know league average offensively, uh, really really good at, at certain points on defense. Uh, do I think the Suns are a title contender? No, but being in the four five bracket there, that that that's that, that that's the perfect spot for them. So there is a clear separation line, by the way. Like after the third team, after the Clippers which you could argue, you could even argue the Clippers are the best team in the West. 
uh, from a playoff standpoint. And, you know, there's a good line of demarcation under them that says the rest of the West is kind of kind of just, eh. You know, it's kind of like Eastern, Eastern Conference-level talent after the third spot. Well, Shane, we appreciate a few minutes this morning. Thanks for uh, not going down to the beach and hanging out with us. <laughs> for sure. Oh, yeah, anytime. I'll, I'll talk jazz over laying in the sun anytime.